When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Making Podcasts Great Again. I am your tech stuff guy, Jay Nog, and we are here, of course, with the COVID-free President of the United States of America, Mr. Donald J. Trump. Mr. President, how are you feeling? <laughs> Doing very strongly, as you can tell, the powerful breath. You heard the powerful breath last week, but they... The drugs they're giving me are unbelievable. They're so powerful. I just finished one of my longest rallies ever uh, in Sanford, Florida. We're calling it Sanford and Dumb. And this was such a, a beautiful rally with great people, okay? The highest quality of white trash. Wait, Mr. The, President. The drugs, you're... Wait, excuse me. The drugs sometimes make me say, they say it can make me say sort of more honest things as if I'm not already the most honest person. But it was a full-fledged, COVID white trash celebration, one of the longest rallies I've done. So the energy is there, the enthusiasm, as they call it, you know, that Sleepy Joe doesn't have, totally there. We're having a great time. We're headed to a gentleman's club after this, uh, after the podcast to, you know, sort of a meet and greet with some of our, you know, better supporters, if you know what I mean, sort of high quality supporters and it'll be a nice time so good to be here with ray log the tech stuff guy well mr president it, it, it's jay nog and um we, that? we have a, that that that's me but we have we have a returning guest mr president um you, you were you said you weren't a very big fan of his and you said you did not watch his show but you really did watch his show and you knew everything about it um, our guest back is Billy Ray, the writer and director of the Comey Rule on Showtime. Billy, thanks for coming back on the show. Oh, it's such a privilege. Thank you for having me. And thank you, Don. Well, it's, uh, by the way, I see that you, for some reason, wore your own merchandise to the podcast. We see you on fidelity, bravery, and integrity. So that's pathetic. Three things I don't believe in. And BR. <laughs> Billy well, notice how fidelity, bravery, integrity... It's FBI. These were the crew jackets that we gave out uh, uh, to our cast and our crew after the Comey rule wrapped. Well, if, I mean, if you did that instead of paying them, I respect that. You know, that's- well, we, we paid them too. This is not like one of the sweatshops your daughter runs. Well, believe me, when she's in the shop, I get sweating because she's pretty hot. Uh, oh, I didn't realize, okay, oh, so that's sort of weak on your part. You could have just given them jackets, but you paid them and gave them jackets, so. Oh, and yours says BR for Billy Ray. I think my cognitive is telling me that that's for Billy Ray. Well, as you know, you're probably copying me because nobody puts their name on more things than me. 
Uh, so you're welcome for the idea. Nobody ever <laughs> put their names on things until I sort of made it popular. So you're welcome. And, <laughs> you know, I know the Comey rule did strongly, probably, you know, I think if we're being honest, the making podcast great again bump is like no other bump you see in podcasts. So you're welcome for that. Oh, well. I think that's true. You know, we were, um, we were the biggest debut of a limited series in Showtime history. Um, but all nice. that happened after, after making podcasts great again. We were sort Even of- better than Red Shoe Diaries. Remember Red <laughs> Shoe Diaries? That was a, I always wanted to, Ivanka, I would always tell Ivanka when she was, you know, in high school, why don't you go as Halloween as the Red Shoe Diaries? You know, and she was always like, dad, you know, not right now. And I go, okay, well, when you come back from the party, maybe you'll dress up around the house like Red Shoe Diaries, you know, just family fun for Halloween, not, not always the parties. But congratulations on the Comey rule. You know, um, the Comeys have a very different idea of family fun. You know, on, um, on uh, July 4th every year, on Independence Day, they gather in a circle, Comey and his wife and their adult children, and they read the Declaration of Independence aloud to one another. That's what they do for family fun. No, there are, well, we discussed this already. They're a sad, desperate sort of bunch of losers, to be honest. I mean, that is, I don't think there's anybody. My Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett, okay, great justice, soon to be justice, is part of like, let me put it this way. She's in religious groups that make Mike Pence look like a member of Motley Crue, okay? <laughs> and she wouldn't do something so lame on the 4th of July as read the declaration. It's so sad what that tall weeping willow does. But you know what? You know, you made you made his story look like something actually kind of interesting. So congratulations to you. I didn't think that was possible. Thank you very much. I, I was wondering, what did you think of Brendan Gleason's portrayal of you? I thought he captured the makeup was very strong. First off, I know he doesn't do that, but the makeup was actually strong. Because uh, I looked at this guy on screen, I said, who's this thick, sort of strong, powerful looking person? And I said, oh, that's me. And he was uh, very intimidating. Not to me, I wasn't scared. But to a lot of the people, he's sort of very tough, very strong. I think the voice could have been better, but I think he captured a very powerful, intimidating spirit of Trump. So I give him, I give him nice grades for that. You know, people have said to me that that we played Trump, uh, you, that we played you uh, like a mob boss. I, did, did you find that to be true? And if so, did you find that insulting at all? No, I think some of my, you know, some of my great role models were mob bosses. Uh, but I think now, I think the problem is, I think I started the office a little like a mob boss, okay? It's sort of first level toughness. But now I think of myself more as like a world leader boss, you know, like, hit squads and death squads and mass graves. You know, the, the mob is sort of small potatoes. You get one guy, you put cement on his feet, and that's that. That's okay for a starter. But now I want to be more, I'm more of like, if they make Call Me Rule Part 2, the tall man reads to his kids, uh, <laughs> I would like to see me portrayed more as an international strongman in the next installment. You know, mass graves, journalists <laughs> getting attacked by... Mountain Dew people that follow me to my uh, rallies, you know, so just bigger. I'd want it bigger and stronger. Mm -hmm. Mr. President, you, your, your health is better. Um, the Florida rally today, did you, do you have the same energy for it today? 
I heard it's a very big rally, no masks, people high-fiving and being very safe. No, we're not, you know, it's, we got to get our lives back. And I said many strong things to the crowd. They were, they love me so much. It's so great to be back out. And I don't think anybody's ever seen somebody recover so strongly from COVID. I don't, I don't think it's ever happened. You know, Roy Cohn told me today, I was having a conversation with Roy Cohn and he told me I was, he'd never seen somebody recover so strongly. But Mr. President, didn't you, um, cure yourself with stem cells and you don't agree with stem cell research. So can you explain that, that you would. No, no, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with it for political reasons. Okay. To get the Mike Pence people to like me, but no, I call it fetal juice. Remember the movie (laughs) Beetlejuice? Yes. I say, I yell out, I yell out in my office, fetal juice, fetal juice, fetal juice. And then some illegal immigrant brings me in a big bucket of, of abortion smoothie and I just drink this thing down and you should see the power. You should see the power. I, I, you know, it is such a beautiful thing. It's called the circle of life. Okay. Remember the lion King? Remember the lion King where he holds it? I, I, I what do. Happens is, what happens is I have sort of great sexual power with prostitutes and, you know, sometimes you don't use proper protection, but that, that's okay. You know, you pay extra for that. It's called, uh, you know, you make a contract, sort of, a sort of handshake deal. And if they happen to maybe, you know, get pregnant, you know, you can sort of use that for great Trump juice, for great abortion smoothies. So it's a circle of life. You know, it's like, you know how they used to say the Native Americans, the Indians, they would never wait, they wouldn't waste any part of the buffalo. Yes, I am. I don't waste any part of the prostitute. I don't waste any part of the prostitute. Okay, it's a full circle of life. And now you see, you see the power. And the Christians, they're totally okay with it. They they understand that what I'm doing is so important because I'm going to protect all the other life, the great life but I need it for my own recovery. So they sort of give me a nice Christian uh, exemption. They call it a Christian exemption. And I'm allowed to, you know, have third trimester smoothies. <laughs> um, I had a question actually just about timing. Cause I, I actually, I, I'm a little upset with you because when I sat down for my first zoom with you, if I go back and sort of do the math in my head, you were COVID positive when we chatted last time. And you didn't say a word about it. And I'm, I'm, it's not that I could have gotten COVID, you know, through the Zoom. Um, but I do think, you know, it would have been nice for you to tell me that you were already, you know, hallucinating big time when we did our interview. Well, here's what I have to say to you. And I think you'll like this because I think you're familiar with this line. Look at me. <laughs> Look at me. I am the captain now. Okay. You don't make the rules anymore, Billy Ray. I make the rules. I talk about COVID when I want to talk about it. You don't get to tell me. And that's what we're doing, okay? So in that version, I'm, a, I'm, I'm the captain, right? I'm actually Captain Phillips, and you're a Somali pirate? Well, I'm just using the line, I'm not Ilhan Omar, okay? I'm not part of the squad. I'm not part of AOC plus three. I'm just using your line. I thought you'd like hearing that line. 
you know, you, were, you couldn't stop bragging last time. Oh, I was nominated for an Oscar. Oh, look at me. I'm Billy Ray. I have Oscar nominations. Uh, I like screenwriters who win Oscars. How about that? How about that? Okay. Between you and me. Okay. Off the podcast record. We'll go off the record. I we're wish off. you had won. I wish you had won. But that's off the record. On the record. We'll go back on the record. We're on. You're a total loser. Okay. You're not, you didn't win for it. So it doesn't even matter. You should be happy that I'm even quoting it. But you know, I lost uh, to a movie that was more important than mine. I mean, I'm very, very proud of Captain Phillips, but um, I lost the, the screenplay category to John Ridley, who wrote 12 Years a Slave. And the fact is, that's just a more important movie than Captain Phillips. So I was fine. With you're, being very, you're being very PC. You're being very PC. Let me tell you something. 12 Years a Slave. I cried at the end of 12 Years a Slave. People are surprised when I tell them I cried at the end of 12 Years a Slave. But it's true. It was very moving. Because at the end of the movie... He leaves and the work doesn't get finished. <laughs> the nice people, they had all this work to do and then all of a sudden he runs off, Brad Pitt shows up, okay? He was, I guess, taking a break from cheating on one of his wives. Brad Pitt <laughs> shows up and he says, come with me, I'm freeing you. And I go, what about the work? You know, cause I have a powerful work ethic. So this guy <laughs> leaves, the work doesn't get done. And I was, everybody in the theater was crying. I was crying, other people were crying. So we were all very upset. So I, I, Captain Phillips, I thought, had a much better ending. Our great military took out Ilhan Omar and the squad, and Tom Hanks was free to do Toy Story. So it's a, it's, I would have voted for that very strongly. Uh-huh. Uh, Jay, take that off the record. You know, edit in post. What, Don't you give would... him credit. Yes, of course. Yes, of course. I Thank will not you. give him credit ever. Um, Mr. President, um, how did you feel about Vice President Pence's debate performance? Remember when Freddie Mercury at the end of Bohemian Rhapsody did the Live Aid concert? <laughs> okay, yes. Just a very powerful, flamboyant, strong, defiant performance. Did okay. you see Bohemian Rhapsody? I did not, but I know what you're talking about. I've heard. I, okay, well, I, I don't like it all about it. Yeah, it made $800 million and was nominated for six Oscars. So no, it's, it's okay that you missed it. It was a little, little indie art house film. But it, I felt like that. You know who Freddie Mercury is, tech stuff, right? Yes, yes. And I know what you're talking he about. Had a big he had a big live aid performance, mm -hmm. okay? And Mike Pence, I thought, carried himself with that same powerful, very heterosexual energy on stage that Freddie Mercury had. And it was powerful. And he had that, remember when that fly attacked him? Yes. What do you think about that? It was a total disgrace. I was, you know, as we discussed, as, as Mike Pence discussed, you had him as a guest. On I the did. Bonus episode. I never met him before. He was very charming. No, well, you know, he's, you know, that's, that's what they do. He's like a creepy youth pastor. But <laughs> they, that fly attacked our vice president, that African-American fly landed on his head if they if that fly had done that to me i would have knocked the crap out of that fly but mike pence lives his christian faith and was very gentle to the fly and i think that showed a good balance for our ticket you know because mike pence was being attacked on all sides by african americans there was kokomo harris and the fly it was a believe me when i see mike pence watching certain videos on his computer that's not the type of 
two African Americans in one pants that he's looking for. He's looking for, you know, that was not good stuff. He did not like that, but he took it. He took it very strongly. You know, there's a story about Pence and about how he wound up on the ticket. I wonder uh, if you'd comment on it. In 2016, um, when you went to Indiana to interview him, um, that you had made the decision not to put him on the ticket, uh, that you were going to go out to Chris Christie, and that Jared and some of the others uh, really wanted Pence to be on the ticket. And so they told you that your uh, campaign plane had broken down and you had to spend an extra night in Indianapolis. And it was in that extra night that Pence won you over. Uh, and by the next day you had picked him. Uh, I don't know that story to be true or not, but that is a story that I've heard from several different sources. I, I wonder, um, is that true? What happened that night, Mr. President? Well, I will say he's very convincing. Is all I'll say. Now, I will say that, you know, Jared doesn't like Chris Christie. He calls him Christie Cream. And because, you know, he put his father in jail. His, Jared Kushner's father was put in jail. But you know what Jared Kushner's father did? It was what? a very, it was an innocent thing. He had a dispute. <laughs> he set up his brother with a hooker. He had, well, he, excuse me. He had a dispute with his, with his uh, I think it was brother-in-law, which isn't even real. You know, who cares about that? And he then set his brother-in-law up with a hooker, recorded it, syrup, syrup, syrup tish, uh, secretly. He did it strongly and secretly, and then sent the tape to his sister. And what brother would, what good brother wouldn't send a sex tape that they manipulated of their sister's husband with a prostitute? Who wouldn't send that to them? And you know. Then he went to jail because of Krispy Kreme. And that upset Jared Kushner very much. And uh, so he didn't want Christie on the ticket. So we did end up spending an extra night in Indianapolis. There was, uh, you know, there was, a, uh, there was some entertainment. And uh, then Pence showed up and, you know, he prayed a little bit with the prostitutes, trying to convince them not to know to turn over a new a new leaf and they didn't because the money was very good but then i i thought i saw i thought mike pence showed great character great character because once he couldn't con, you know convince the prostitutes not to sleep with us he helped us bury them the next day so i could see that he had both christian faith but also great political loyalty so no, we, after that, you are right. It was, a, it was the extra night in Indianapolis that showed me <laughs> that our great vice president, BGMP, had the power uh, of faith and of strong political loyalty. Thank you for clearing that up. Well, Mr. President, we do have a sponsor this week and is the powerful betonline.ag. Mr. President, the NFL right now is a little crazy with the COVID test coming up positive. I guess they don't have the, the Well, I want to I want to bet on I'm going to start betting on NBA basketball. Is that can I do that? I'm going to start <laughs> betting on strong NBA basketball. I'm ready. I'm ready to do it. Let's do it. You're you're a day late on that NBA bet, Mr. President, but you can still bet on MLS. You can still bet on football. You can still bet on golf, UFC, 
Um, you may not be able to go to a game this year, but the action is still here on Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props. Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Mr. President, you can even bet on politics. You can bet on yourself to win the election. Have you thought about that? Or maybe hedging your bets? Something well, to that's, think about. Uh, that's a good question. I, I bet against myself about a month ago, and that's, I think, you see what's been happening in that month. So we're looking at a pretty big payday come November. <laughs> that's right. The odds are changing. Now, you can get in on their season opening bonuses today. Start off wagering on win division and championship futures today. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. That's Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. I do all my betting there, betonline.ag. Mr. President, some sad news recently. Um, John McCain's mother, Roberta, passed away at the age of 108. I mean, that is such a full life. I'd like to take a moment of silence on this podcast for her. Who's, who's taking a moment of silence? We, we were about to, Mr. President, and then you spoke. When do you, so excuse quick. me, when do you dictate? When do you dictate? We're not doing a moment of... I'm going to talk more, okay? <laughs> I'm actually going to... I'm going to have negative silence. I'm going to talk louder and more talk than I would normally so that there's no chance of any silence for any member of the McCain family. (laughs) I have spoken very clearly on this podcast, very loudly, and I'm talking more loudly than ever before because no McCain. The only time I will give any McCain a moment of silence is when his big-breasted daughter passes away because I respect her chest. Other than that, good riddance. I res- she did make it to 108, which only proved that she was not as big a loser as her non-war hero son, okay? Who right now is looking up at us and feeling the heat while my great Fred Trump and my great friend Jeff Epstein look on from heaven John McCain is not having such a good time. And I don't know what happens to his mother, Roberta, which is, by the way, not a hot name. And she was, I saw pictures of her. Even in her 90s, she was not hot. I can only imagine what she looked like at 108. But I saw her at 95. Not hot. Okay, I'm not afraid to say it. Not a hot lady. What did you think of Cindy McCain's uh, TV ad where she endorsed Joe Biden? Cindy McCain is what happens, unfortunately, to women who once might have been attractive and aren't anymore, get to be a certain age, and it becomes very sad. And so she ran to the, you know, feeble arms of sleepy Joe Biden because she knows that she won't find any strong support from her strong president. And I am her president. And I send her, by the way, emails every day saying, I'm your president, and I didn't like your husband. I'll email you tomorrow. (laughs) Okay. I'm not even going to bring up McCain anymore because I don't want you to get so angry, Mr. President. No, but no, no, I'm not, excuse me, I'm not angry. They were disrespectful to me, but I hope, you know, she had a long life, and I said my piece, and I think it was very respectful. I think I showed, I would say I showed restraint. 
I should have I mean, better strength than you. I, I didn't do anything, but I wanted to ask you, do you know many um, hot 95-year-old women that you can point out to me? Because you just referred to Roberta McCain as not hot in her 90s. I don't know if many women are referred to as hot in their 90s. Let me tell you something. Tell me. I will admit right now, if given the opportunity, I would break Betty White's hips with passionate lovemaking. So how about that? Okay. okay. I you stand corrected. You didn't expect that? You didn't expect that, okay? So Betty White would be in a wheelchair if she got all of this Trump passion. Okay. No. Can I ask another question? I'm sorry, Jay. Of course. Go for it. I wanted to point something out to you just because I think you're going you're gonna to have to know about it. You're going to have to deal with it. Um, people are now writing to me, you know, via Twitter and it's anecdotal, but it's consistent. I'm getting a lot of feedback on the Comey rule, uh, via Twitter where people are saying, Hey, I showed uh, the movie to my father. He was a Trump voter and he's not a Trump voter anymore. Your movie turned him. Um, this is happening a lot. Uh, so I, I, I just feel you should be forewarned. I, I think there's a, there's a, a wave out there and I think we were part of it. Well, you know, a lot of people want to take credit. Everybody wants to be part of who's going to take down Trump. Well, nobody's taking down Trump. I'm going to win very strongly in November. And maybe you'll get a sequel. And we all win. You'll have a great country with a great economy. And, you know, you'll be able to make movies that go to the theater again, because we're going to allow people to go to the theater. And they'll be able to, uh, you know, some will get COVID. It's going to be around, they say, for you know, 10 to 20 years if I stay in power. So that's okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I think anybody that switches from me was probably not a, they weren't a real Trump supporter. You know, I respect the movie, but if they can change their mind from a movie, then they were never really Trump supporters. The people who are Trump supporters are those people right now who just got all of my spittle on them at the Sanford and Dumb rally. And those are real supporters and they're not going anywhere. They're gonna, they're gonna be in an ICU with a ventilator signing their absentee ballot. Those are, those are my people. Mr. President, I wanted to ask you just off topic real quick. Um, this past week, and I know you're not a huge fan of SNL. They always make fun of you. You had a problem with a lot of the actors on the show, but there's a lot of, um, uh, people are upset with a comedian named Bill Burr, who was the host of the show and saying people are having problems with material, saying he went too far. He was very offensive. Did you get to check out the monologue? And I just wanted to see what you thought of it. I thought he was strong. I think it's cancel culture. I think cancel culture is trying to cancel culture and I don't want the culture to be canceled by cancel culture. <laughs> So we're not going to allow that. I'm not going to allow that one bit. Uh, you know, I don't think it was the greatest performance I've ever seen. He wasn't, you know, you know, I kept wondering when is he going to scream the N word like Nick DiPaolo, but you know, he was good. He was good. And I think of course the left, the left mob wants to come for him because he, you know, you know, he didn't spend his whole time making fun of Trump and being uh, weak and liberal. So, it's understood, but we're gonna we're gonna stop cancel culture so fast. We're gonna cancel cancel culture. 
culture. It's going to be like Inception. You're going to have a big loop of canceling. (laughs) Mr. President, your second debate is coming up with uh, Joe Biden, and the debate is going to be at separate town halls. We're doing town halls. It's going to be at separate town halls. You're not going to do the debate now, is that what you're saying? It's not a debate. It's two separate town halls. Sleepy Joe got a little town hall. He's going to talk to like four people. And I said, you know what? We're going to do a town hall at the same time with 40,000 unmasked people making out in a tight room with COVID in the air like a smoke machine. It's going to be a Trump rock concert, but instead of foam and smoke machines, it's going to be COVID blasting everybody in the face. It's going to be a beautiful time. Backstage passes for all the hotties. You're going to have a COVID fog machine at your rally? Is that what you're going to have? <laughs> That's genius. <laughs> We're going to get herd immunity. We're going to get strong herd immunity. <laughs> now, Mr. President, I have a note here. Uh, I guess it came from the White House. It says, it just says uh, the Comey rule, and it says Billy Ray disrespected you. That, that's all the note says here. Um, well, I didn't want to get it. Okay, so this is bad tech stuff work. I didn't want to get into this on the air out of respect. But, you know, he, he, we were supposed to do a podcast, a presidential podcast at a certain time. And Billy Ray, okay, with his achy, breaky heart and his old town road, <laughs> decided to say oh, can we make it at a different time? Can we do it at a different time? He didn't even call me sir. He didn't even call me sir when he asked. And, you know, whatever happened, remember Bobby Kennedy, okay? This was somebody the Democrats loved. I remember watching about the time he was, he was assassinated and they were talking about it and they were saying, Sirhan, Sirhan. And I said, look at that. They're calling him sir twice. Whatever happened to that respect? Whatever, we don't have respect like that anymore. We don't have respect like that anymore. But the, I just didn't like, he didn't call me sir. And he changed the time of our presidential podcast. I didn't want to discuss this on the air, but you know, you brought it up. So I've said it, I'm not gonna, you know, we'll let it go. But it was, you know, the Hollywood types, they all of a sudden they have big shows on Showtime and they think it's all about them. (laughs) Um, I really, I appreciate it. Uh, I wanted to start at the at the regular time. I I had uh, an obligation that had to do with promoting uh, the Comey rule, and I'm not saying it was a more important podcast than yours, um, but it had to get done, and it ran long. And and uh, you know I'm chagrined about the whole thing. You know what chagrined means, right? Chagrined. I think that's the. Uh... I think that's the African-American at my garage. I think that's his name. <laughs> Parks my car. You know, they have, the na- they have the crazy names. We respect it, but they have the crazy names. So, you know. uh, Mr. President, how do you feel? Jamie Harrison set a Senate fundraising record versus Lindsey Graham in South Carolina. What, what do you think about that? Does that impress you? Uh, It is impressive. I think the Democrats, they're trying to flood. They know that Lindsey is a top sort of ally of mine. I broke him. I broke, I broke him so hard that they know I take 
great pride in Lindsey Graham because I don't know if you saw Game of Thrones, but he's sort of like my reek. <laughs> there was a character on Game of Thrones uh, who became just a total sad, if I can use a nasty word, a sad little bitch. <laughs> and that's what Lindsey Graham became for me. He's my reek. And I think that uh, they want to take him out because they think it'll make me look weak, but they're not going to take him out. And I just, I get so disappointed though when I hear about the South Carolina Senate race because they're like, it's Jamie versus Lindsay. And I'm like, this sounds hot. This sounds like two hot, <laughs> you know, college girls from an SEC school having mud wrestling. And then it's a chubby black guy and a closeted, a closeted gay guy going at it in debates. And I go, what the hell is this? You tell me Jamie versus Lindsay. I'm like, oh, this is okay. It's, you know, let me get some popcorn and maybe some Vaseline and we'll see what happens. And instead, it's these two. But I think Lindsey Graham is going to do very powerfully. And I think he's going to win. I think he's going to win. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And if he loses, uh, you know, I'll disavow him and say I never liked him. But if he wins, we're, we're great friends. This is off topic, but I was just curious. Has COVID had any effect on your sex drive? Uh, you know what? There were a few days where I had to actually, it's not afraid, you know, I'm not, not too proud to say this. I actually had to get uh, my wife Madagascar's consent. Usually I have the energy to just say, well, it's contractually obligated in the prenup, so we can do this the easy way or the Trump way. And, but now I feel like I'm getting my energy back. So it's, you know, it's, you know, I can, you know, now it's fully back. Now it's fully back. I have, you know, there was no problem down there ever, but now, you know, my arms are, are more able to, you know, tell her what to do, if you know what I mean. We mean this with strong consent, of course, with strong, powerful consent. We never have nothing. We never have anything but strong consent. At least, you know, I keep wondering when melatonin, she's, you know, sometimes she doesn't have a great command of English. So when we're in bed, a lot of the time she uses this Transylvanian phrase, uh, not now, please. And I don't know what that means. I don't know what that translates to in English. Uh, we're still trying to figure that out, but it's, you know, it means something and we'll, we'll figure it out uh, at some point, but you know, no, there's, there's been no effect COVID. The only time when I was in Walter Reed uh, was the only time, even though there were many nurses, believe me, there were many nurses who were hoping that I, you know, could say, you know, could do something. Uh, I didn't ask them, they asked me. They said, sir, will you please, it's always been my fantasy, sir, to have sex with the president and Walter Reed. And I said, darling, I can't do it, darling. Sorry, darling, can't do it. You uh, use the so word darling? There's no problem. You use the word darling? You've got to watch more of my rallies. It's one of the favorite lines that I use on our crowds. But you you, you don't use it with us on the podcast, why would or in the, well, this I don't is, excuse me, this is podcast. I was, you know, sometimes in bigger settings or out in public, you say different things. I don't say half the things I say on this podcast in public because the fake news would, would you know, have a field day. Now, Mr. President, Amy County Barrett, the hearings have begun. Um, what do you have to say about this? Are you excited? We're so excited. She's such a strong justice. Uh, she comes from, you know, deep faith. She has deep faith, uh, like me, strong Christian faith. Of course. And uh, 
you know, I, I'm not going to lie. When I, when I heard her name was Amy Coney Barrett, I thought well, Cones, that sounds like she's got a rack and, you know, she's sort of more of a trim runner physique, which is okay too. You know, there's a, there's a place for that, but I was sort of hoping she'd be kind of like, you know, more stacked. You, you know thought her I mean? name represented her breasts, Mr. President? Well, like you got Dwayne The Rock Johnson, right? The Rock is not his name, but he's a big, boulder-like dude. So when I saw Amy Coney Barrett, I thought, okay, it's Amy Barrett. And she took this like wrestling nickname, Coney, because she's got big cones. And it turns out that that was totally fake. But other than that, we're, we're strong supporters, strong faith, great intellect. Uh, she's totally going to drive the libs so crazy. And she's only 48. She's going to be on the court for 40 years. Oh, goody. Mr. President, the, he was talking about uh, betting. He wanted to bet on some basketball. But uh, last night, basketball ended. The Los Angeles Lakers have won the championship. LeBron James has won another championship. Uh, do you have anything to say about that? Were you watching the game? Well, it's a total disgrace. He's, uh, he's, he's, first of all, he's not as good as Michael Jordan. I think everybody knows that. But he, he, you know, he, he disrespects our anthem. He disrespects our troops. He's uh, too political. Okay, he campaigned for Crooked Hillary. How did that work out? And I think he disrespects his country uh, all the time. And that's why I'm not inviting him to the White House. I'm inviting one Los Angeles Laker to the White House, only one. Who Alex is Caruso. His name is Alex Caruso. You can look him up if you don't know who he is. A fine young man, a man of talent, a man of integrity. I think he went to Texas A&M, which is a great Trump state. Uh, works hard, okay? Sort of a hardworking, scrappy type player, not as showboaty. I don't know if you're picking up on sort of the coded language, but he's a, you know, uh, just a hardworking, non-showboaty, not as athletic, uh, but athletic enough. Uh, you know, Mr. President, he, he's, 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 their, he's their white player. Oh, is he white? He is, he's white. Oh, well, okay. Well, you know, we don't, we don't see color, but that's, you know, he's invited. We're going to get him all the fast food that he wants. Okay, he can have any fast food that he wants and we'll, I just asked him to bring me a jersey uh, with, four, you know, how they put the president's number on the jersey when they bring the jersey. So I said, can you put 45 dash infinity? Since, you know, I am the greatest and last president in U.S. history. Uh, well, Mr. President, before we get, we have, we have lots of questions. I know last week we're supposed to do listener questions, but it was a crazy week with, with Vice President Pence on. So we're going to do them this week. Before we get to that, uh, everyone on the Patreon, we really appreciate everyone signing up. Lots of people signed up for the Patreon this week. So keep signing up. Lots of bonus material coming. Patreon.com slash MPGA with extra episodes for the debate and the election. Uh, also, check out our website, mpgapod.com. We have limited edition T-shirts, YouTube page. You can see clips you haven't seen online. They're only on the YouTube page. And every episode that we have is on there as well. And keep um, leaving ratings and reviews for on iTunes. Really appreciate that. Now, Mr. President, we have some questions that come in. Lots of questions on Instagram and I'd love for you to answer some. This is a very interesting question. You used to go on the Howard Stern show a lot. And um, this listener, uh, Carlo, uh, Carl Easto, 
on Instagram uh, wonders how come you're not going to go on the Howard Stern show. He's got lots of listeners from both sides and you can actually maybe win over some votes by going back on the show since you were such a, an avid guest on that show. Howard Stern used to be somebody of great importance. Okay. Very important. Now he's an angry old liberal. Okay. I guess he wasn't making enough money speaking the truth. So now he talks, by the way, for most of this year, he's been doing the show out of his house. He used to have a studio. Now he works out of his house. So it's obviously not going so well. Everybody on his show, they work from home. It's pathetic. They used to have a beautiful studio. So obviously they're not succeeding. I wouldn't affiliate myself with sort of a, a, a failing brand. Okay. Trump means success and wealth, not failing brands. And, uh, you know, I'd rather go on somebody like Joe Rogan, okay, who will, you know, give me a fair shot, you know, has great fans and will hopefully, you know, rub CBD oil on my elbows or something. <laughs> uh, this question comes from 2112, Josh 2112. Mr. President, we know you uh, have been in some movies. You had a, uh, a very uh, popular TV show. If you had uh, an invitation to participate in a remake of Home Alone, would you do it? And if you would, would you play yourself or would you ask to play a character? Would Billy Ray be writing and or directing this remake? Um, for the question, the person did not put Billy Ray in it, but why don't you give us the answer if Billy Ray would be involved and if Billy Ray would not be involved? Well, I would like Billy Ray to be involved because because as we discussed, despite the fact that he thinks he's sort of a liberal Hollywood big shot, he did Captain Phillips, which is one of the great movies. I mean, we discussed Hunger Games, beautiful film. Uh, as I said, sort of the ultimate conservative utopia. Hot chicks killing each other while I watch. It's an unbelievable fantasy. Although not a fantasy, if I get third or fourth term, we might actually get that. Uh, but if we're taking the Captain Phillips approach, I think he would do an unbelievable Home Alone remake. I'm left home alone. I play uh, the Mackenzie Culkin guy. And I'm home alone. Uh, mesothelioma and the kids have left. And so I call up some beautiful Russian escorts. But then these terrible criminals show up and you can get the Somali pirates from <laughs> Captain Phillips. They're playing the criminals. So I'm there protecting uh, the, the, the prostitutes, the great sex workers, the Somali pirates try to take over the home. And I say, uh, I call them filthy animals. Remember that in home alone with the, the machine gun. So I call them yep. filthy animals. I win the day. I kill the Somali pirates and the escorts. Uh, you know, I don't know if Billy Ray's okay. We might have to do sort of a very graphic <laughs> sex scene to celebrate. And, you know, and then my family just stays on their trip forever. And I just live in the big house with uh, the beautiful escorts and the dead bodies of the, of the Somali pirates as a warning. You know, so if we have a sequel, they'll see that the dead bodies will still be there. So other pirates won't try to take over the home. So, so I hope that's, I mean, I think Billy Ray could probably do, I don't know if they call it a treatment. They use all these words for the scripts, but I think that's, I think that's, I think that's a that's a total hit. Here's I, you know, uh, we could we could share screen credit. Yeah, it'd be written by both of us. 
Uh, okay, my, my name can be first, I assume. Uh, yeah, sure. But, you know, if I directed, um, you know, on the set, the director outranks the president. Uh, on the set, what the director says goes. So if I say sit, you got to sit. If I say stand, you got to stand. If I cut all your dialogue on that given day, you get no dialogue. So, you know, I, I'm, I'd love to work with you. I think it would be really in, an interesting challenge just creatively, but you sort of have Does to go down the road. What if you're the producer? Who, how do, when does the producer run? <laughs> the producer has nothing to do with anything. The producer is in a trailer, you know, um, usually texting. Um, who, sometimes who, looking at Twitter. Who writes the checks on the movies? Well, that would be the studio. So if I form Trump Studios out of the basement of OAN, and that's <laughs> technically who's producing this. Yes, but, you, but then you'd have to pay for everything. You, you want to go on the line for a second? Well, eventually, okay, you have my word. Eventually, you'll get paid. Eventually, you will get paid for sure. <laughs> that's a total Trump guarantee. That's as good as a Trump steak, okay? That is my, my word, is my gold bonds medicated powder. But uh, what I'm saying is, on the set, you'd be taking orders from me. Would you be cool with that? Well, what's your stuff? Okay, what's, I'll have to talk to some of the people who did the Comey rule. Like, you know, I hear there's some directors who are very nasty and very in your face. Nope, uh, if you were a nice director, I'm very then nice. maybe I, oh, well, then, then, then we'll have no problem. And if I say, we need a 30 second take on this threesome with the two busty escorts, I would expect you to say, you know what, sir, you're, you're right. Let's do 44 takes. Let's just do, we'll do all, all threesome takes for the next week. Just to you know, make that's sure. interesting that you would say 44 takes because 44 was the number of Barack Obama. And I'm wondering if that feeds into what seems like a fixation you have with, with Barack Obama. And also as, as writer-director or co-writer-director, I might cast Barack Obama as well. I might put you in a scene with Barack Obama, but obviously without the hookers. Well, and he's not a good actor. We know this. He's never been in movies. I, I have been in many movies. I was in Zoolander. I was in uh, uh, Home Alone 2. Some people say the best sequel ever, including Godfather 2, even better than that. Uh, so I think we do. I think we do very strongly with that. I think, no, 44, because I said 44 takes because the scene would probably call for very intense you know, intense, passionate lovemaking. So they, you know, some of these Eastern European women, they like it very rough. So no, no, if I think 45 takes, I'll think, oh, that's great. America's great. They have Trump. But the anger of knowing that we had such a disaster under Obama would probably, you know, method, it's called method. You know this? Have you ever had any of these actors do method acting? Yeah. So that's what I was going for. You maybe don't know this as you're a behind the camera person. Mm -hmm. I'm more of on camera talent. Mm -hmm. So I sort of, you know, I know, I know that end of it probably better than you. Would you, would you like me to cast Betty White? Well, no, I mean, Betty, that's Betty White. We have the choice of everybody. If, if now, if the movie is about me and John McCain's mom, <laughs> you know, then maybe we cast Betty White. But if it's, if we have the whole universe to cast, you know, I think I would go with somebody a little younger, you know, 19, 22, you know, something age appropriate for somebody like me. 
Mr. President, we have a few more uh, questions from fans here. This is a very interesting question. What do you, Melania and Baron, like to do for your rare family time? Oh. <laughs> your, your wife, Melania, and your son, Baron, you've, you've referred to him as Dirk Nowitzki. You've referred to him as a Kristaps Przingis. You've, you've referred to your son as many tall white basketball players. So, <laughs> so I wanted to know uh, what you guys like to do for fun, you, Melania, and Baron. Well, you know, I've been, uh, I had COVID recently, so we haven't done things. Uh, you know, to be honest, I told them I was COVID positive uh, six months ago. So they would just sort of keep their distance. Uh, you know, because being president is very tough. There's a lot of work to do. Um, so that we haven't had a lot of family. You know, it's a very important job being president. I don't know if you know this. It's sort of a big deal. And I have been, uh, you know, fighting the COVID. I have been working. I looked it up on my pay stubs recently. Yes. I have been, I have been averaging 36 hours a week of work. Wow. 36 hours. I didn't know that was even possible. I didn't know that there was that much time to do work. So I've been very uh, sort of dedicated to the business of the country. And we're doing, we're doing such a great job, as you know, how well the country's coming along under COVID. Here's another odd question, Mr. President. I, I, I said they can ask you anything. This is dot John four underscore W. Uh, which your favorite cufflinks and why? Do you have a fair pair of cufflinks and why? I do have. A, that's a good question. I do have a favorite pair of cufflinks. Uh, there was they were given to me by my father, the great Fred Trump, and I remember it was my twenty first birthday. Twenty first birthday. And it was a big day, obviously. We went to Vegas and we were, uh, he said, you're going to become a man today, Donald. So we flew out to Vegas and we went to a, uh, uh, a place called, well, it wasn't Texas, it was Reno. Reno, you know Reno? Mm -hmm. And we went to a place called the Bunny Ranch. I don't know if you're familiar, but we went to the Bunny Ranch. And because my, the great Fred Trump was somebody of such great reputation. Uh, you know, they allowed him to pay at the end. They allowed him, you know, a lot of the time they want money up front. They say, sir, we need money up front. But when the great Fred Trump walks in, they say, when, you know, your tab, you pay when you're ready. So I went in and, you know, I had my way with, with four of the women. Okay. Okay. And when they tried to bill the great Fred Trump, he beat him to death <laughs> and called up his friend, Dennis Hoff, the late, great Dennis Hoff, who we talked about on the podcast before. A wonderful, a man so giving, such a, such a gentle soul, a gentle soul. He was like, they called him, they called him the R. Kelly of Reno because of how welcoming he was to runaways and, and welcoming them into the, the business that he was in. So he's a, 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 a tremendous gentle soul who I know is looking down on us with Jeff Epstein today. And he gave the, he gave the club, he announced that, you know, that it was going to be Dennis Hoff's business from that moment on. 
And then my father took the cufflinks off of the previous owner slash pimp, gave me the cufflinks and said, this is what it takes, Donald. This is what it takes to be great. And I wear those every day as a, just a, a powerful reminder as a Christian and as a Trump of, you know, what it, what it, uh, what it takes to be great in this world. Well, Mr. President, this last question, since you're such a gentleman and you have such a way with the woman, this question comes to at Sherry K. Cohen and about dating. Do you think people should kiss on the first date? That is probably the worst question we've ever received in the history of the show, but I'll answer it. I'll be nice. I'll answer it. Do I believe people should kiss on the first date? I think that it's totally natural for there to be a first date kiss. I don't think it's got to be a requirement. And some women, as you know, don't even, you know, it's against the rules for them to kiss on the mouth. It's too intimate. They'll do everything else, but kissing on the mouth is sort of, you know, not part of the, the deal. Um, <laughs> you mean like in Pretty Woman? You could say that. I think that's sort of, you know, that's, that's a tradition. That's sort of their tradition. Um, I think on the other hand, you know, I'm only saying this is a hypothetical when you have a beautiful daughter like Ivanka, you know, you kiss many times throughout your life. So if there ever comes a time, you know, you can do a lot more than kiss on a first date because you've had so much intimacy before. Now I'm saying this is a hypothetical. We obviously would never do that. It's against the laws. Uh, but you know, she's a beautiful so. woman. Well, you know, they change laws all the time. Laws change. Okay. But we're very law abiding. But the point is I brought up Ivanka just to, you know, I like to bring up Ivanka. She's a beautiful woman, but no, I think it's totally okay to, to kiss on a first date. Uh, unless, unless the people at the bunny ranch say that it's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> so it really has to do with uh, people of the bunny branch Mr. President those are all the questions we have for tonight and I uh, appreciate you uh, spending the time with us but also for the second time with us Billy Ray thank you so much for spending time with us the Comey rule on Showtime check it out two part series it is so awesome you have to check it out Showtime and Showtime on demand so thanks for joining us again and um, is there anything else you want to talk about, Billy? Plug? No, it's such a pleasure to be here. It's just such a privilege. And, uh, and Don, it's always so good to just shoot the shit with you. Well, no, it's, it's good because I think you should, as I said, and I think one of the, the reasons that the, the show, the Comey Rule, uh, you probably, if you named it the Trump Rule, as you know, it would have done even better ratings. But I think the reason the Comey, I told all my friends, I put on social media, Donald Trump's favorite filmmaker is Billy Ray. And I think you saw the results of that. I think you probably got a lot of views from the Kirk Cameron film fans. <laughs> uh, you know, the Dinesh D'Souza Film Club. Uh, they were all excited to watch The Comey Rule after I gave it a strong and powerful endorsement. So I'm glad that you've experienced the Trump bump. We call it the Trump bump. <laughs> 
Well, we hope you enjoy the Trump. Which in the eighty, which in the eighties was when I would bring cocaine. I didn't do cocaine, but when I brought cocaine for people in the eighties, I would call it do a Trump bump. Now it's a little more friendly and a little more nice. Well, again, check out the Comey Rule, and that is on Showtime and Showtime On Demand. Also, join the Patreon, patreon.com slash mpga, and check out our website, mpgapod.com. Um, that's all I got here, Mr. President. Any parting words from you? No, no parting words. Just hello, everybody. It's JL. Thank you, for, thank you again, Billy Ray, for joining us. Thank you, Tech Stuff Guy, for guiding the ship. Everybody, get us some reviews on iTunes. We want to get way up there. It helps the algorithm. Check out our website, mpgapod.com. Cop those T-shirts and uh, support the show. And we're coming into the home stretch for 2020. So this is the podcast to support, to share, and to enjoy uh, as we head into election Armageddon. So thank you, everybody. Spread the word and God help us all.